fun to watch. Honest 15. Respect all, fear none. Into the upper deck. Intensity is not a perfume. Hello, Utah Street. Five, four, three, two, one. Happy May, everybody. Hope you all enjoyed the first weekend of the new month, and welcome into the Mass and All Access podcast series recaps. Your friendly neighborhood host, Bobby Blanco, here. The Nationals ended April and began May with a six-game homestand, starting with three games this weekend against the Marlins. Entering the series, the Nationals were 9-12, and but still just one game back in the National League East. So for those of you out there who are panicking about the start to the season, not quite sure what you're thinking. They still have a great chance uh, this homestand against two division rivals to make some ground up and uh, and catch the division leaders. So no reason to panic just yet. It's still the end of April, just the beginning of May. We're not even to Memorial Day weekend yet. So let's give this team some time. They're getting some pieces back, and uh, which we'll get into a little bit too. Uh, a major piece coming back on Friday for the series opener. Um, but yeah, let's break down this three-game series against the Marlins with the Nationals having a strong chance uh, to make up some ground in the division. Just mentioned the Nationals getting some reinforcements back uh, to start this series, and we had some pregame roster moves before Friday's series opener at Nationals Park. The Nationals finally reinstating John Lester to make his Nats debut The corresponding roster moves were optioning Steven Fuentes and transferring Luis Avilon to the 60-day IL after he had successful Tommy John surgery. So, Lester, the last of the nine Nationals players on the COVID list to be activated. He had thrown 90 pitches over six innings at the alternate training site in Fredericksburg the previous Sunday. So, not quite sure what the realistic expectations were for him heading into this start uh, you know, it's different pitching against a bunch of minor leaguers in a minor league stadium than it would be pitching in a major league stadium against a, an opposing major league ball club. But Lester essentially gave the Nationals what he did on Sunday. He ended up pitching five scoreless innings on 70 pitches. He only gave up five hits and two walks with a strikeout. Uh, so Lester giving Davey Martinez probably the best case scenario, considering all he has been through over the last month or so, uh, leading up to his final day, his finally his debut. Uh, Lester did only have one clean inning though. So it wasn't all pretty, but it it was all effective. You know, he consistently made pitches when he needed to, when he found himself in jams, which he frequently did find himself in. Uh, and he got some great help from his defense behind him, especially thanks to Starling Castro and Trey Turner on the left side of the infield. Lester saying after the game, it was a long wait. He had to go through all the protocols and such to get back, but he was happy just to finally rejoin his team and be back with his teammates. Uh, you know, just dealing with all the protocols and, and all the stuff from MLB. Um, you know, they, they do it for a reason. And as a pitcher, anytime you get shut down for a little bit of time, it takes you that much more to build up. So uh, that was the unfortunate part behind it. But, um, you know, obviously all the doctors and and all the people at, at, uh, at MLB want the best for us and you have to jump through a bunch of hoops to, to get back. So is what it is. Uh, you know, like I said, I'm just glad to be back and be contributing and be a part of this and, and feel like I'm, I'm part of the team now. So it's nice. As for the rest of the game action, there wasn't much in the first nine innings of this one, as we went scoreless into extra innings, of course, teams get to start with a man on second base in extras, and with Brad Hand pitching his second inning of the night, the Marlins were able to move their runner over to third on a sack bunt and then an RBI single from Garrett Cooper three batters later scored the game's first run for a 1-0 Marlins lead. 
but Hand would keep it to just that one unearned run, give the Nationals a chance in the bottom of the frame to at least tie the game, and they would do much more than that and in short work too. Just the second pitch of the frame, Kyle Schwarber launched a 115-mile-per-hour, 454-foot walk-off two-run home run for a 2-1 to Nationals victory. Schwarber Uh-oh. out to right center. That ball is to the moon. Dan Colco and Justin Maxwell on the call there. That became the fifth longest walk-off home run tracked in StatCast history after he Schwarber had previously hit the second longest at 463 feet earlier this season against the Diamondbacks, also on a Friday night. And I'll give myself some credit here. I called that home run while watching the game at home. I have witnesses. It was an exciting moment. So thank you, Kyle Schwarber, for proving me right and sending Nationals fans home uh, happy. Brad Hand earned the win to uh, to improve to 2-0. Yimi Garcia took the loss for Miami to go to 2-2 two two on the season. One run, seven hits, zero errors for the Marlins. Two runs, nine hits, zero errors for the Nationals. And the Marlins left 10 runners on base. So again, the defense showed up to help the Nats pitchers get out of some jams. Josh Harrison, Yadiel Hernandez, Schwarber, and Victor Robles all had multi-hit games. And Kyle Finnegan, Sam Clay, Tanner Rainey, and Daniel Hudson all had scoreless outings out of the bullpen, with only Finnegan allowing a hit and a walk. After the game, the heroes Kyle Schwarber and John Lester were wearing a Capitals helmet as a rally helmet given out by Davey Martinez to the player of the game. Davey said he keeps it in his office. It was a gift from the Caps, as they have a Nationals helmet as a part of their postgame celebrations. And Schwarber saying how much fun it is for the Nationals uh, to have a hockey helmet in their locker room as a part of the rally celebration. The rally helmet. Rally helmet right there. Caps, you know, big hockey team, rally helmet. Got to love it. Is that, is that, is that a new, new feature of the... If you're lucky, I guess I, don't know I, guess, I guess it just came out today. It just, it just made its first appearance today, but uh, happy to be wearing it, especially right now. Uh, big win. I love that. I love the friendship between these two teams. It's very genuine. They have fun. They support each other. Uh, I, it's so much fun for fans. I love that they uh, join us fans in supporting the local DC team, supporting each other. It's very cool to see that this relationship uh, continue to grow between these two teams, local teams, and how much they uh, go out of their way to celebrate and support each other. So that was awesome. The Nationals carried that momentum into Saturday's matinee game with Patrick Corbin on the mound, and Josh Bell's bat has started to finally come along after this later half of this week, and he got the offense going on Saturday with an RBI single in the first inning, and the Nats never looked back from there as they will go on to win 7-2 to to clinch the series and secure their first three-game winning streak of the season. But Bell wasn't done there with a 4-0 lead in the fourth. He had a bases-clearing double to make it 7 to nothing. And at the end of the day, over his last three games, Bell's been hitting 273 with a 970 OPS, a double, a home run, six RBIs, and a walk to no strikeouts. So if Bell can, can get consistently going at the plate, the Nationals might be getting Juan Soto back soon. This lineup could finally, finally be ready. Uh, to uh, be hitting on all cylinders moving forward. Yeah, I, I feel like we're constantly giving giving ourselves a, a chance to win, and, and that's the most important thing. You know, if we need starting, uh, you, you saw it with Corbin today. We put runs up on the board for him, and, you know, he's, he's out there pitching in the seventh. Um, you know, we, we needed that. Our bullpen needed that. Um, and on the, the flip side of the ball, you know, we're an offense that can, you know, put up seven, eight runs against any starter. So, uh we're in a good place, you know, no matter who's on the bump, no matter who's in the lineup, it seems like we can score runs and, and keep runs off the board. So 
it's it's definitely a cool atmosphere um, showing up to work every day. On the mound, Patrick Corbin checked in with another strong outing. He completed seven innings for the first time this season, giving up two runs, four hits, four walks, and four strikeouts with a homer on 93 pitches, 62 strikes. He displayed improved command of his fastball and slider. He provided length to help take pressure off this Nationals bullpen. That fastball was consistently hitting 92, 93 miles per hour, and he threw a slider 40% of the time, so he just looked way more in control and command, slow things down on the mound on Saturday. Yeah, uh, we've been working on a couple things uh, throughout the, um, or since my last start, so I'm just trying to repeat my delivery, um, stay in my legs a little bit, and I thought that would just translate well. having the ball come out a little bit better. So um, it was a um, good step in the right direction today. Um, Just try to continue to um, get better and get better as the season goes. The Nationals just need Patrick Corbin to start looking like his old self for now. He doesn't need to be perfect. Just be solid out there to get out of this funk. Start consistently stringing together some strong starts. And that's what they got from him on Saturday. So if this is a, a sign of what's more to come from Patrick Corbin, that's a good sign for David Martinez and the Nationals as Corbin earned his first win of the season. He went to 1-3. and three. Paul Campbell for the Marlins fell to 0-2. Oh two. two runs, four hits, two errors for the Marlins. Seven runs, 12 hits, one error for the Nats. Trey Turner, Josh Bell, and Jan Gomes all had two hit days, with Gomes adding a two-run home run in the fourth inning as well. And Josh Harrison had a three-hit day himself. And then Kyle Finnegan, Austin Voth added scoreless outings in relief of Corbin out of the bullpen. That gave the Nationals a chance for their first sweep of the 2021 season, and they must have liked their odds with Max Scherzer on the mound, who was trying to bounce back from a rough outing against the Blue Jays in Dunedin on Tuesday. And how about this pregame nugget from Mark Zuckerman? Eight times since joining the Nationals has Max given up six or more runs, including Tuesday against the Jays. And then in his following start, he has given up three or fewer runs six times and never more than four. So add one more to that list after Max threw a complete game in a 3-1 to one win to complete the series sweep to have the Nationals win their fourth straight, to continue the winning streak, and to propel them to first place in the National League East ahead of the Marlins, uh, excuse me, the Mets and Phillies game on Sunday night. It was the ninth complete game win of Max's career. It was his 12th complete game total of his career. Through four innings, he had only faced the minimum batters. At the end of the sixth, his pitch count was only at 60, so he was able to keep his pitch count down throughout the afternoon, allowing him to dominate throughout the start. And he was aided by a three-run home run by Ryan Zimmerman in the third inning. Here's the 0-2. Zimmerman to dead center. Harrison back on it. from Trevor Rogers, and the Nationals have a 3 nothing lead. That shot by Ryan Zimmerman was the 39th of his career against the Marlins, the most for him against one single opponent, and that also ranks him tied for 13th amongst active, active players with home runs against a single opponent. And that was all the scoring that Max would need on the day as he continued his dominant outing. The only run he surrendered was an Isan Diaz home run in the ninth, to take away the complete game shutout, but a stellar start. Nonetheless, of course, the complete nine innings, only the one run. And Davey Martinez, after the game, just trying to recap how Max was so dominant throughout the outing. I mean, you know, what he did today and what he's been doing, you know, he's a workhorse. You know, like I said, I mean, he competes every time he's out there. And when he's not out there, he's still competing and trying to get better. So um, he had a great day. He picked, he picked our team up. 
And now he's going to go spend some time with his family, which is awesome. You hear Davey mentioning Max spending time with his family. And how about this? Max Scherzer's day wasn't done after pitching nine innings against the Marlins. Right after the game, he had to leave the stadium to go meet his wife, Erica, at the hospital for the birth of their child. So we didn't even get to hear from Max after this incredible performance. Davey saying after the game that it was all planned out. Erica was due to give birth Sunday night. So have a day, Scherzer family. Congratulations to them all. Obviously, not a day they'll ever, ever forget. And I know you want to hear it, so just listen to the last out of the game and the grunt from Max Scherzer as he strikes out Corey Dickerson to complete the victory. The one-two. Swing and a miss! Max Scherzer puts the finishing touches on his first shutout since the 2018 campaign. Just great stuff from Max right there to end the game, emptying the tank. Uh, for that strikeout to complete the victory. And great call there by Dan, who did a great job play-by-play duties throughout the course of the week in place of Bob Carpenter. He was joined by Grant Paulson as the analyst in place of FP over uh, for Saturday and Sunday's game. Bob and FP should be back uh, sometime this week. As for the box score, Max improved the 2-2. Two and two. Trevor Rogers fell to 3-2 and two on the season. One run, five hits, zero errors for the Marlins. Three runs, eight hits, one error for the Nats. Everyone in the Nats starting lineup except Scherzer got on base in this one, and everyone except Yadiel Hernandez got a hit, and Hernandez even got on base by drawing, by drawing a walk. Josh Harrison reached base safely in three of four plate appearances, going one for two with a walk, a hit by pitch, and a run scored. And he has reached base safely in 15 of 17 games he's played in this season. And since Max had to leave right after the game, Ryan Zimmerman got to wear the Capitals rally helmet uh, for this one, taking it over for Max Scherzer. Yeah, I told him I would take care of it since he has some important stuff to do. But I like the goalie helmet better. I'm better at goalie. But other than that, it's... uh... I told him I would take it for the, just this one time. So he owes me a babysitting later down the road. I don't know if I would want Max to babysit my kids, though. Funny little jab from Ryan Zerman to end the game. A happy weekend for the Nationals at Nationals Park. Of course, sweeping the Marlins. They are now 12-12 and on the season. By the end of the game, found themselves in first place in the National League East. And they continue this homestand with three games against the Braves starting on Tuesday after Monday's off day. And the Braves are coming off a rough series against the Blue Jays, so let's take a look at the opposite dugout. Brian Snitker is in his sixth season managing the Braves, and of course they've won three straight division titles and were within one win of the World Series last year, earning him a contract extension through the 2023 season with and a club option through 2024. The Braves are now, though, 12-16, and 16, currently fourth in the National League East, two games behind the Nationals, with the Phillies and Mets still going to play each other Sunday night. And over their last 10 games, the Braves are 4-6 and six and are the opposite of the Nationals right now. Uh, they were have lost four in a row and have just been swept by the Blue Jays in Dunedin. And, of course, this is the second meeting between the two clubs, with the Braves winning the first series during uh, the first uh, week of April, two games to one. Pitching probables, right-hander Waskar Inova will face Joe Ross on Tuesday's opening game, 7.05 on Masson, and then on Wednesday night's game, left-hander Max Fried will face Eric Fetty at 7.05 p.m. on Masson 2. And then Thursday's afternoon game, late afternoon game, left-hander Drew Smiley will face John Lester, 4.05 p.m. start on that game will be exclusively on YouTube for everyone to stream. The Braves were obvious heavy favorites coming into the season, especially in the division and maybe in the National League at large. And we've seen them get out to fast starts in years prior, but not so far this year. They're under 500, and like I said, two games back as of Sunday afternoon. 
injuries, some poor base running, some lack of situational hitting, and maybe not some and not so strong pitching performances are all playing a factor into this rough start for the Braves. So does that sound familiar to you, Nationals fans out there? The Braves have a minus 16 run differential, good for second worst in the National League as they return to Nats Park. They're just five and nine on the road. So perhaps the Nats can take advantage of their road struggles and set themselves up to increase their lead atop of the National League East. And as far as the injuries, they keep getting hit the Braves uh, for this roster. Ender Inciarte has been on the 10-day IL with a left hamstring strain. And now catcher Travis Darno is expected to miss the majority of the season with a torn left thorn ligament that will need surgery. As for the lineup, you know the names and what they can do. Ronald Acuna Jr. is currently one of the best players in baseball. He's tied for the major league lead with nine homers to go along with 20 RBIs, a 333 average, and 1139 OPS. Freddie Freeman has added seven home runs and 18 RBIs, but the reigning National League MVP hasn't been hitting for average at just 216 with a 795 OPS. And Ozzy Alves is as batting 229. Marcelo Zuna is just hitting 204 with three long balls. On the mound, Enoa is 2 and 1 with a 296 ERA in six games, five starts this season. He's won two starts in a row, but hasn't pitched too deep in the games, never going more than six innings. In his first start against the Nationals, he pitched five scoreless innings of two-hit ball with five strikeouts in the second game of that doubleheader they played at Nationals Park, going head-to-head with Steven Strasburg. Left-hander Max Fried will be activated off the IL with a right hamstring strain to make Tuesday's start. He hasn't pitched since April 13th against the Marlins when he gave up eight runs and nine hits over just four innings. And in the start before that, he faced the Nationals, in which he also faced Eric Fetty, who will be his opponent on Wednesday night as well. And they were able to get to him for five runs on eight hits in just two innings in the first game of that doubleheader, though the Braves went on to win that game 7-6. to six. And then left-hander Drew Smiley will make his fifth start of the season in Thursday's late afternoon finale. Again, that game will be exclusively on YouTube free for everyone to stream. Smiley is 0 for 2 with an 805 ERA, excuse me, and the Braves have lost all four of his starts this season, including what was the Nationals opening day in which Smiley gave up four runs on four hits while striking out eight over six innings, and that has been his best outing of the season so far. So the Nationals will face two lefty starting pitchers this week, and they are the best in the majors at hitting left-handers, so perhaps setting up for a nice revenge series for the Nationals this week. Out of the bullpen, the Braves have one of the worst bullpens in the sport. A collective 4.64 ERA puts them in the bottom third of the league. Uh, right-hander Luke Jackson has been a bright spot with a 180 ERA in 11 outings. And while A.J. Minter, Will Smith, and Nate Jones all have ERAs over just over three, Sean Newcomb has an ERA over an eight, Jacob Webb has one over seven, and Josh Tomlin has one over four. Of course, Nats Park will still be at 25% capacity, 10,300 people allowed in the ballpark. Hopefully you were all able to go out there. Hopefully the weather holds up. It was a beautiful weekend this past week at Nationals Park, so hopefully the weather holds up and more people can go out to Nats Park. The crowd was great, especially for Max's start on Sunday, so continue that and hopefully making those 10,000 people feel like 50,000. That's going to do it for this series recap. Be sure to tune into the Brave Series this week on Masson, Masson 2, and YouTube. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of the Masson All Access Podcast. Be sure to follow and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and SoundCloud, and check out our live regular podcast, myself and Amy Jennings, on Tuesday on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter on the Masson Nationals accounts and follow at Masson Nationals across all social media platforms. Check out Mark Zuckerman's coverage on MassonSports.com. You can also give myself a follow on Twitter at Bobby underscore Blanco. Our next episode will drop Thursday night, Friday morning, recapping this brave series and looking ahead to a quick road trip to New York, this time to face the Yankees. Until then, enjoy the games and we'll talk to you later. 